It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. Hey, hello. It is the Go Birds Podcast. James and Elliot here. Uh, we already recorded a podcast with a awesome new intro song that you're going to hear. But Elliot, why haven't they heard the intro song yet? Hands up. My mistake. This one's on me. <laughs> so, I appreciate it. In my excitement for the new song, I said the band's name wrong as you've listened to the pod you know i have trouble saying the names of bands and reading <laughs> so i really had no shot especially since my adrenaline was on a, a complete rush uh so the band's name is long friend time friend the new intro song you're gonna hear in a second bunch of philly guys bunch of philly fans we talk about them more in the pod but hand up my bad for uh for saying their name wrong in the pod but Long friend, time friend, the new Go Birds intro song. It's very exciting. We'll have more information about them in the pod description. Long friend, time friend, James. That is the name. Long friend, time friend. So we got it right this time. We're good? Yes, I'm reading it here, and I will never say it wrong again. My apologies (laughs) to the guys. My apologies to everybody. But the good news is it is an absolutely unreal intro, and I'm super excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah, me too. And the other good news is you'll get a laugh in about two minutes yes. when you hear us say the name wrong. You'll think back to this moment and, and, and understand why we did it. So without further ado, long friend, time friend, the new Go Birds intro. 
Hello, it is the Go Birds podcast presented by Park Sportsbook and Casino. And we have a new intro song, Elliot. That was freaking awesome. Yo, let me tell you, Kristen, Kristen loves a new intro song, but she might be sick of hearing it because I literally been playing it like That's four awesome. times a day awesome. for the past, you know, however many days ago we got it, like five or six days ago. I just, it makes me happy when I hear it now. Like we have a Go Birds intro song it's like, so that's cool ridiculous. man it's so cool shout out to great name long time first time a local band how friend. about that long time friend time look yeah, at how that, about man. that oh long time friend time excuse you me you messed it up you were too excited yeah I long time excited. friend time well st- same idea I-, I like it either yes. way uh shout out to what we got caleb mike pete and lou that's the crew elliot yeah and let me say they have a very cool shirt that is out. It's like the whole Elmo, Philly Elmo thing, walking Ooh. walking away from. Yeah, so it's it's very cool. Uh, their music is good. I, I did hear some of it after uh, hearing the intro song and a little before as well. So I would definitely recommend checking them out. But most importantly, like they're part of the Go Birds family now. Like You're you, their music is right going to be played that. every every time the pod starts. So uh, I hope you guys all like the intro. I mean, if you want to go back and listen to it again and then re-listen to us intro it, that's perfectly acceptable as well. But I, I just think it's <laughs> it's perfect. Like I think it perfectly hits the tone of what we want the pod to be. So thanks to everybody that did submit, but. You know, this was just the one. Like, the second I heard it, I texted it to you. You were so excited. I get a text from Elliot. He's like, I don't want to influence your decision, but I love this. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, sure. Yeah. You, yeah, it, it, I'm I'm very very happy about it. Yeah. Feels like a, a new beginning to the pod. Me like too. a new era has started now that we have it. Me too. It's super super cool. And again, just that anyone would take any time to do anything for us. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely treasure that. Um, but it's it's super cool. Like you said, it's perfect for us. It's nice, simple, exactly what we're looking for. So shout out to long and they're all time Phil, they're all Philly time, sports fans, which too. is huge. Which is huge. Yeah. And, and longtime friend time's a great name. Longtime first time. That it shows you know your WIP, your Philly Sports Radio, all that type of stuff. It's uh it's wow. very cool. I did not get that reference until you well, brought why it up. Do you think I don't I messed it up at the well, beginning. <laughs> That's the reference. We'll have to ask. Yeah, we'll have to ask if that's I am where it is. We'll to... I would bet my life that's what it is. Yeah. Wow. So well look, we're gonna throw the information for them in the uh description of the pod. Yes. So you should definitely check them out. But that is it, man. That is that is the new song. It is dope. I look. I needed it, Elliot. I, w- I was up to one thirty last night. So, freaking Phillies yeah, playing the longest game of all time, and then I got two podcasts to record after it. I needed the energy from longtime friend time to get me going right now. So, well, let me tell thank you, you, staying up till one thirty is absolutely insane. It's horrendous, like, man. It's horrible. Yeah, I be up at it, six a.m. It wasn't great, Elliot. <laughs> Yeah. So last night I went to bed, I would say 1030 or so. And even then I was kind of like, oh, okay. I'm like watching the VMAs for a little, like I'm up a little late. And like, I fell asleep at 1030. And I don't know if you ever do this, but like in the middle of the night, sometimes I'll like randomly wake up or whatever. And I look at my phone and it's 134. And I have a text message from Jack Fritz saying, just sent you Philly's observations. And I knew then (laughs) that my that my buddy James had, had was having you a late night. It was a long night for me. That is yeah, true. It was. But, but here's the thing, Elliot. First of all, again, longtime friend time got me going there a little bit. Also, yes. we have like so much stuff to talk about. I feel like last week we just were kind of finding things to talk about. You know, we're doing some, you know, roster predictions and this and that. Now all of a sudden there's like five podcasts worth of stuff for for one show today. <laughs> so I've probably said this 
on multiple pods. Like I talked about how when I saw the video of training camp, I could like smell football in the air. The last 48 hours, I think, have really felt like Eagle season is back. Just like the news after news after news, like controversy, injury, good stuff, bad stuff. We're in regular season mode now. And by the way, I realize we're going to be on air for Go Birds Radio during final cuts. So that should be oh, that should be buddy. very good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, there's literally I mean, I wrote the rundown for you because I knew you were tired. So, you know, I had to come through for you. My God. Yeah. And a, a detailed rundown at that. Extremely detailed. Yeah. And before we get into everything, I should say, James, I just I have a question for you. I, oh, I just have good. a couple yes. questions. Right. Yes. So the first one is, do you want answers, James? And the second one would be, do you want the truth, James? Yes! James, do you want the truth? Yes! And the third question for B would be, James. Can I handle it? You can't even handle the <laughs> truth. That would be that would be the third one. Let me tell you. Round of applause. I have no right idea here. that that line was from that movie. No how idea. How many times whatsoever. have you heard it? Right, you've heard it so many times in your life, and you're like, oh. So yeah. So shout out to everybody that left a thing in the review saying I should watch the movie. Shout out to Justin from Tennessee. I did. I watched a few Good Men. I will review it at the end. Oh, but I'm I want so to let you guys know off the off the jump. I hope you guys can handle the truth in this pod. That might even be the pod name, actually. It's going to be. It's done now. It's perfect. I love it. Um, I'm really happy. I'm psyched you watch it. I cannot wait to hear what you thought of it. We will definitely get to that later. Uh, I'm hoping I can handle the truth of what you thought of A Few Good Men just to keep this thing going just a little bit longer. All right. uh, Let's get into it. we got a ton to get to. Um, let's quickly start. We're going to get into the, the Peter stuff, the Rager injury, all the Eagles raids up, but quickly, just cause it's the news of the day. Leonard Fournette gets cut by the Jaguars. Uh, obviously, you know, it was the fourth pick of the draft a few years ago at 2017 draft. Um, someone who has had some success in the NFL, but also has been hurt and hasn't quite lived up to that, that lofty draft status. Where are you at? Do you think the Eagles should consider bringing Fournette in here? I go back and forth. There's, there's no denying that he makes the roster better. I mean, he's he's a good running back. I think there's this narrative out there that he's not. I mean, he had 3,600 yards over the last three seasons. He had, I think, his best season in the NFL last year. Not as many touchdowns, but yeah, I think it was just over 1,600 yards. Uh, yeah, a lot of catches, which I think is important when you're talking about him coming to the Eagles. And he did average a career high in yards per carry. Now, 4.3 yards isn't, you know, amazing, <laughs> not right? Right, but home like about it, yes. But when you're getting the ball 280 times, I mean, I don't know. That's, you know, and he played in a really bad offense. Bad, no bad offensive line. No question. Right. Right. Bad coaching staff. Just a bad situation. I think it's tough for anybody to succeed. Yeah. Well, Yannick Ngagwe left, took a pay cut just to get out of there. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot going on. We're not even leading the pod with yeah, uh, we'll get our to boy that. Yannick. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, so we, so, we spent so much time talking about Yannick this offseason, and now he finally gets traded, and it's like the last thing on our list to talk about. I know. I got the text that he had been traded at like 6.30 in the morning, and I was just kind of waking up, and for a split second, my heart dropped, and I was like, oh, man, I got a lot of work to do. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, it's the Vikings. Yeah, so, I had a similar, um, similar reaction. But with Fournette, with Fournette, what I would say is I would sign him if he wanted to come for you know a million, a million and a half, if he was happy being a pretty solid like number two, number three. But if he's going to want four or five million dollars and probably come here and not be happy with the amount of touches, I'm fine with Corey Clement and Elijah Holyfield. I think Holyfield has looked really good in camp. I think Clement has looked really good. They're not as good as Fournette. They're, they're just not. And Fournette's still young, and I think the arrow's pointing up on him. 
Um, but I, I want Miles Sanders and Boston Scott touching the ball a ton next season. I like the duo. I like where they're at. Uh, so I like Fournette, but I'm not like beating the door down to bring him in. Yeah, we're we're literally exactly on the same page. Just go back and listen to what Elliot said, and that's what I say. I go. do think that that he do, he is a from a uh, complementary perspective. I do think he makes sense. You know, he is a different type of running back than Sanders and Scott. I think that that makes him interesting. But ultimately, I think there will be a team who's willing to give him more touches, more carries. And look, he's heading into free agency. I think for Leonard Fournette, his number one prerogative right now is finding a team who's going to give him the most work. That would be my guess, yep. at least. So I think it's highly unlikely, but I think we both take a shot if the money's right and if he's willing to come in and accept the role he's given. All right. Uh, the only, well, just really quick, the yeah, only sure. like the only way I would maybe pay him a little more is if the Eagles are concerned about the Miles Sanders lower body injury. Right. Like I don't think they are. From what I hear, it's not serious. I think he'll be fine, but. You know, lower body injury does kind of linger, especially at that position. So that would be the only way I would pay pay a little bit more to bring him in here. And I think if they did that, that would speak to having some worry about Miles' ability to be a 16-game, you know, 20, 25-plus touch running back. Yeah, it's almost like uh, if they sign him, you get nervous, right? It's like I, You mm. would think like, oh, let it for that, yay. But if they sign him to some sort of legitimate deal, it's like, oh, what does this mean? Not yeah, great. not great. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's a really good point, Elliot. So, um, I, again, I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be here, but if they do sign him and it's not a Miles Sanders injury signing, you know, I'm cool with it. Um, all right, we, we've been far too agreeable. Let's get into it. I think very clearly okay. the, the main the main discussion <laughs> win today, I know we just spent four hours in the WIP Midday Show talking about it, um, Jason Peters, Let, let's let's just do it, Elliot. As All right. over the weekend, it comes out that we had just assumed, right? Like Andre Diller gets hurt. It's like, wow, okay, you know, that sucks. But what foresight? They have Jason Peters here. This could be so much worse. We already thought Peters was going to end up at left tackle. Slide him over, prior guard. Like, they're probably better today than they were yesterday. It's not great long term. You know, the Dillard thing looks horrible, all that. But... You know, right now, they're probably a better team of Peters at left tackle and prior at guard. Little did we know, Elliot, Jason Peters wants a pay increase, and it has been made public, and I can only assume it's the Philadelphia Eagles putting it out there because I don't think Jason Peters wants to put it out there and get everyone angry at him. Um, what have you heard about the situation, and then what are your thoughts on the situation in a macro sense? So I don't know. And I kind of sometimes hate the game of playing, like, guess who someone sources. But I will say, like, I wouldn't put it out. I wouldn't rule out Peters putting it out there just because I do wonder if he thought public sentiment would be on his side about this. And he and just maybe misread this was like, it. It's possible. And he misread it. Yeah. But um, look, I think that the proof is in the pudding. Jason Peters has been at right guard the last two practices. And that makes no sense. Right. So there's and, and when Doug was asked about it. He would not commit to Peters playing it. He basically said, we're going to try younger guys on there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Jeff McClain's a great reporter. It looks like he nailed this one on the head. It also, I mean, no one's denied it. This is something that I think that if it was wrong, either side would have leaked out there. Like, like if you're Jason Peters, I mean, the entire city is ripping you right now. Like, you would want that out there. Like, hey, I, you know, that's not true or whatever. No question. So, no question. So, so when I first saw the news, I was like, wow, that's... That's pretty ballsy by him. Like that's a, it's a, it's a power move. move. Yes, it's a bold yeah. move. No question. And let me say, I agree with Peters on oh. this. I just, oh. I do. Like, oh. he, here's the thing. And 
I get the point of he was a free agent, nobody signed him, now he's with the Eagles. Like, And I think, honestly, you can poke holes in all those arguments as well. But the bottom line is this. He is on the team right now, he has the power, and he's exercising it. Like, the NFL is a business, flat out. When the, NF- when the Eagles moved on from Peters for Andre Dillard, that was a business decision. That was not because Dillard was a better tackle. That was not because Peters wasn't playing well. That was because they had the business incentive, and, like, they had to play Dillard. They had to, right? So if you're Jason Peters, you have the team who, yes, they've been loyal to him, but he's also been loyal to them, right? I mean, he's been you know maybe the best mm, left tackle kind of. franchise he's history. built them for for more money every turn he has gotten in and i have not had a problem with it till now but go ahead yeah well he's also been worth that money and i also think the other narrative out there that's not true is that like he hasn't played well at, like last year like last year pro football focus had him as the fourth best tackle in football and we could debate that but like he certainly played at a high level but regardless so the eagles made a business decision to move on from jason peters right he then had to go out to the free agency market he had to like post instagram videos to show people he was healthy you can't tell me that didn't rub peters the wrong way and then he has to come back and play right guard while he watches Andre Dillard, which he chose be handed, to do, let's be fair, he chose well, he, to yeah. agree to come play right guard. Agreed, he did. But my, but the point is this: the Eagles like put themselves in this situation. It's not on Jason Peters to bail them out when they were the one that put themselves in this situation, and by doing so, disrespected Peters. Like it's a business. Teams say all the time. This is a business decision. It's not personal, right? Like all the time when the when teams cut somebody that the fans love, not personal, it's just business. So now Jason Peters, who is uniquely set up to have this type of power, is exercising his right. Like it's a business. He is worth more now than he was three weeks ago. He is the answer they need at left tackle. And, you know, there might be another, another option out there we can talk about. But like as of now on the roster, he is by and far their best option. He is their best option to protect Carson Wentz, and he's exercising his power. And look, like I can't hate on somebody, especially a player, of trying to get as much money as they can when they can do it. So I, I, I think he's in the right, and I think the Eagles have to pay him. I, well, whether the Eagles have to pay him or not is a separate argument because I do understand that the leverage is 100% on Peter's side. That, As you said, and I'm sure we'll get to it, I heard you on the morning show today say that Matt Pryor – uh, yesterday in practice at left tackle was the worst performance by an offensive lineman you've ever seen covering yeah. the team. So I get it that the leverage is 100% on Peter's side. But screw that. Screw this guy. I want to, we don't curse here as much anymore, you know, but I want to say bleep you, Jason Peters. There you bleep go. Bleep you. This is, this is outrageous. Jason Peters has made $100 million. From Jeffrey Lurie. He's made $111 million in his career. $100 million from this organization. Are you kidding me, dude? You can't take one for the team ever when we're talking about moving you back to the position that you play to begin with, that you're more comfortable at, that you've spent your whole career at? Like, really? Really, dude? A team that is strapped right now when it comes to cash? You can't take a little bullet for the team when you have built this team for money year after year after year you won't play at a certain price i got to get more i got to get more i got to get more and again i've said many times i am i am all in the camp of nfl players have short careers they have a short amount of time to make the highest amount of money that they can make in their lifetime to do the thing they are best i almost never 
will criticize a player for asking for money. This is that rare time, man. This is that rare time where I am, I am like, I'm angry. I, I don't I can like hear it. I, I think he's, I, th- I like, I'm so out on Jason Peters. I don't even care if he plays on my team. I only care because of Carson Wentz. Otherwise, like, screw this guy. Like, it is so greedy what he is doing right now. And again, I understand. Get your money and all that. Like, in general, he's made $100 million, Elliot. $100 million from the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. You signed to play here, and you're not going to help your guys out? You're going to look at Lane, and you're going to look at Kelsey and these other guys in that room and be like, sorry, guys, I don't care. I'm going to play right guard because that's what they paid me to do. Like, screw you, man. Screw you. It is outrageous. I'm like, I'm viscerally angry at Jason Peters. I Look, at Jalen Mills, if they say, all right, if there's an injury at corner, and they got Will Parks, and they get Kevon Wallace, and they say, all right, Jalen, well, you gotta move your, we're going to move you back to corner. Is Jalen Mills going to be like, sorry, you paid me as a safety. Sorry, I ain't moving back to corner. Of course not. Nobody does that. NFL players always move around. It's part of the gig. Jason Peters is the only a-hole who would do this. I am, like, livid at this guy, Elliot. All right, but, livid. okay. <laughs> so livid. I feel like I should stop you before you, like, yeah, pass out from both tire and anger. A-hole. But, like, That's how I feel right now. So That's I think as some PC of your as I can is- keep it. <laughs> I think some of your anger is misguided. Like, I, I don't understand why it's Jason Peters' responsibility or fault that the Eagles are cap-strapped. Or it's Jason Peters' fault that they have no other tackle on the roster. Think about that. No other tackle on the roster besides Lane Johnson that has ever played the position in a game, right? Like, the Eagles are in the position they're in because Howie has mismanaged the offensive line. And he it started with Andre Dillard. And I get that the draft is hard, and I'm not going to kill Howie. But it's your first round pick. You trade it up for the guy, and it looks like he's going to be a bust. Like if Andre Dillard hits, they're not in this situation, right? Then this Jason Peters doesn't have the power he does. If Jordan Mailata, again, seventh round pick, whatever. But if he's ever was able to play in a game, they're not in this position, right? Like if you sign a veteran backup offensive lineman, they're not in this position. Jason Peters was not signed to be a veteran backup offensive lineman. He was signed to be the right guard. And I see your point about Jalen Mills. And yeah, like if it would, you know, I get that analogy, but it's really not apples to apples because Jalen Mills is not Jason Peters. He's not. And I would just say like for anybody that's, but, but you know, again, for you, enough I guess, of right? that. But, like, but enough of that. It's always Jason Peters get whatever the hell he wants here. Like, it's like this guy doesn't have to play by the same rules as everyone else on the team. And I get like, I always let it go. Like, oh, not practicing, whatever. That's fine. It's Jason Peters. This is different, man. This is, again, you're on the football team. You're out there with your brothers. You're supposed to be playing football, and and there is an injury. And I agree with you. Look, Howie has mismanaged the line, and that is part of this. That's why they're in this predicament. Agreed. But it's not like Andre Diller just decided not to play. He got hurt. He got hurt. That's when you step up. That's when you back your team. Is Jason Peters an eagle, or is he just Jason Peters? Because it doesn't feel like he gives a crap about this football team, about okay, but, the players on it, about think... his teammates. It feels like he doesn't care at all. Like, that's the way. That's my impression from this. Like, that's but, how right, I feel. How, how do you think Jason Peters felt this? Like, I, I, get, I get what you're saying he about Jason like should take one for the team. He felt like $100 from the Eagles. $100 million, Elliot. They've given yes, him $100 million. he also million. played for them. But he was worth that, Yeah, he right? played. Like he, well, he, sometimes he was, but he's also missed a lot of games, missed a lot of snaps, had issues staying on the field. I mean, let's be real. The Eagles paid him after his Achilles tear when it wasn't football-related, didn't they? They didn't void that contract like they theoretically could have. Like, they have done Jason Peters solid after solid after after solid, after solid. It's time for Jason Pierce to do a tiny solid back. Like, that's that's it. It's crazy to me. 
Yeah, look, I, the path, the stuff that's happened in the past, though, I feel like that's almost so long ago. I would just say this: that like you also have to look at the exact situation they're in. Like I and look, you're making good points. I'll agree. Like you're almost changing my mind on this, <laughs> even though I was very strongly in the camp I was. But like, here's what I would say: I mean, everyone out there, put yourself in the situation, right? Like you're imagine you were fired by your employer so that somebody else out there could get so somebody could get a job that you knew you were better at, you knew you were more qualified for, they hire you, right, then after firing you to do something that you feel is beneath you, and then when that person can't do the job, you're asked to step in there at the same rate. Like, I understand why he would feel that way. And yes, you are correct. Like, he's best friends with Jeffrey Lurie. Like, the Achilles thing was a good point. But I really don't think saying how much Jason Peters has made is like a slight against him on why he shouldn't do it. Like he's earned that money, right? I, no, like I he's agree with been- that. I don't want it to make it seem like I don't think he's earned that money and he played for it and stuff. It's just more the point that this is not like he's made a hundred million dollars from this franchise and he's still making three million. It's not like he's not making any money this year. It's like it's one of those spots where that hundred million should buy you a little goodwill. I get it that he earned that money, fair. But again, like. It's not like someone who hasn't made money in this league. It's not like someone saying, I got to get mine because that's it. He's made $100 million from Jeffrey Lurie and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like At a certain point, you say, all right, I can I can give up $3 million this year because I've made $100 million and I agreed to come in and be a part of this team. And being a part of an NFL team means sacrificing. It means being willing to switch positions if needed in a game, this and that. Like, What if during a game, what if the Dillard injury happened during a game and they wanted to move Peters to left tackle. Would he have said, "Sorry, pay me"? Like, what? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I think I think the timing of this is also important. Like, if this happened in Week Nine, I wonder if his reaction would be the same because then you're talking about you know like seven games or whatever, right? But I do think the fact that it's prior to the season, he's committed all this time to playing guard. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe in his head, he's he's saying like. I just want to play guard. Like, I signed on to play guard. If you want me to take on the tougher responsibility of going back left tackle, then I want to pay raise, right? Yeah, and but that's weak, it, man. That's but, so but, weak. But, why, but why, why is it on him to do the nice emotional thing and not on the Eagles? You know, like like getting rid of Jason Peters before he wasn't ready. We've seen them, and they have shown loyalty to Peters Again, before. Again, exactly. Fairness, right? That's like, exactly what I was but, about to say. Like, They've shown him so much loyalty through the years. Yeah, but Give a little is, back. When has he done anything loyalty-wise? Once. Look. Look, he quit on the I, team when Chip was there. I mean, let's be real about it. He quit. He just quit. I mean, honestly. Dude, you you are preaching to the choir on this one. Like, I have never understood the fans' obsession with Jason Peters. I just haven't. Like, to me, this is not about – It's not. this is not like a pro-Jason Peters, he's an all-time Eagle type guy. Right. Like, this there's could aspects be anybody of it in your point. In. Well, but, but – so I, the reason I say it's not anybody is because you do have to take into account, like, his age and what he's accomplished. But I agree with you. Like – I, I've never gotten why fans felt the connection to Jason Peters, right? Like, he never really talks. Like, and not that talking through the media is the end-all, be-all, but it's not like he's out there every week, like, you know, like, saying how much he loves Philly. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but I guess my point is I've just – I've never gotten it. So, to your point, like, yes, I see I see that. But at the end of the day, he has all the power. And, like, this is not a strength of mine, but in business – like the people that are the most cutthroat make the most money. Like, I don't know. Like if he's sitting there with all the power, he's doing something he wants to do and he doesn't want to move to left tackle unless he gets a pay increase. I don't know. Part of me is like, you know what? The Eagles put themselves in this situation. Why is it on Jason Peters to change what he's doing, to take a hit for the team when they already showed him the door once? Like if this was middle of last season or whatever, 
and they hadn't walked away from him. I mean, look, you can talk about past loyalty, and I agree that that should play a factor, but people feel how they feel. And you can't tell me that Jason Peters, sitting on the free agency market because the Eagles wouldn't bring him back after he felt he was still one of the best tackles in the league, watched them hand the job to Andre Dillard, who, let's be honest, is not the most popular like type player in that locker room, right? Like, especially compared to Jason Peters. You can't tell me that didn't sit him the wrong, did, did not hit him the wrong way. So now all of a sudden the Eagles want him to go to left tackle. And, you know, I, I see his point. I do. I just, I see his point. It's probably not what I would do because it's probably not what I would do, right? I'm bad at negotiating. I would probably just go and do it. But like from Jason, for, for Jason Peters' perspective, you know, he's probably just sitting there and saying like, no, you guys wanted Andre. You signed me to play right guard. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a D move is what it is. That's what it is. And again, I understand that. Look, when you talk about it logically like that, and I understand it from a leverage perspective. I understand my point is this is a, a specific situation where this guy has already made $100 million from the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's 38 years old, all right? And look, yes, the Eagles moved on from him, but guess, no one else signed you, bro. Nobody. You're not, you don't have yeah. a job right now if, that's, if the Eagles don't bring you back to play guard. So first and foremost, you got signed off the scrap heap to make money this year that you weren't going to make. And then again, this is like a football thing, man. Like, uh, John Ritchie was talking about today, and he's like, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how much they like Jason Peters. If he does this, like, there are guys in that locker room who are going to resent him for it. We're going to say, like, because that's what you do, right? You move from position to position. You move around. Like, you do what it takes to help the team. I mean, Richie made the point of Malcolm Jenkins, who played cornerback, who played linebacker at times, who did all these different things within this scheme and, and asked to get paid, you know, towards the end here, but, like, didn't say, ah, sorry, I'm doing more for you guys than, than you're paying me for. You paid me to play safety, but mm -hmm. I played three positions. Like, it's crazy. This is what happens in the NFL. Like, you got to suck it up. you got to be a teammate. And again, like, this is a guy, If again, if, if this were someone who had not made $100 million from this franchise, it would be a very different discussion for me. But at a certain point, you've got to say, all right, like, I know I, I could demand more, but A, it makes me look like an asshole. It does. I'm ruining my legacy in this Philly, which, like you said, for some reason, people think Jason Peters is the best and the bodyguard and all that. Right. Like, he's crapping all over that. Like, you've seen the fan response. Yeah. Like, Pretty I much agree. everybody is like, screw this guy. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand it for, for a, a relatively small amount of money. Let's not, you know, $3 million to everybody is a big deal except to these guys. But comparative to what he's made in his career, it's like, man, especially because you're going back to the position you've played your whole career. Like, yes, they make well, more money that at that position, but come on, man. That's the part that confuses me, and, I, and I've been trying to find this answer out, and I haven't been able to find it out. But like, so he makes three million dollars on the one-year deal. He has incentives that could go up to six million. He currently is the 26th highest-paid left tackle in the NFL, which was surprising to me. Like, there are, in theory, starting left tackles that are already making less money than Jason Peters, based off of that, according to to Spot Track, right? Um, if you double it to make him six million, so you give him the full six million, he's up to 19th. So like. I'm just curious what he would want. Like, part of me feels like if this was a small thing, the Eagles would have just done it, kept it quiet. I and, agree with you. Know, you. I agree with right? you. Right? Like, so he must want a lot, which, you know, that what is, like, again, I agree as a negotiating power. I would just be surprised if he would do that. And, you know, I've heard other people um, say, well, why was this negotiated in this contract I first? Was, that's literal, Elliot, that was going to be the next point I brought up. Why didn't he put some sort of contingency in there, knowing that Andre Dillard is not some superstar guy who he thought he was better than like why wouldn't they have thought to put some sort of contingency in there 
Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, maybe again, I do think the timing on this matters. Like this isn't week seven or eight. This is he's now going to be the starting left tackle for the full season. So that, right, that but does he matter. did and, sign a contract where his agent could have said if he ends up playing this many games at left tackle, he gets this third bump, this or that. Like, right. like that's what he should have done. Like now this is hindsight. This is after the fact. Like, I don't know. Like well, that's okay. your fault for not putting that in the contract in the first place, for not having any foresight with this. So let's let's take this a step further, because I think although I I will say you are persuading me, but Thank like it is what it is. Whether it's, he should do it or not, it's bringing me fuel. It, right? This is the most awake I've been all day. Yeah, honestly, like I'm very excited. There's very <laughs> few things I love more than debating you on Eagles things. So I'm I'm excited that we got that in. But like, all right, so let's take this a step further. Yes, we are. He did it, so it's done. Whether right. he should do it or not, it's done. Yes. What should they do? Uh, so it's a great question, and it is the next step to it. And, like, you know, that's the thing, Elliot. And we'll get to uh, another maybe option that could be out there coming up. We'll, we'll talk about a potential Minnesota Vikings player currently yeah. who might not be one soon. But um, assuming that's not an option, assuming they can't do something like that, like, I I don't know what option they have other than to just concede. You know, at this point, the season is, you know, that we're – 13 days away from the Eagles playing their first game against a, a pretty damn talented defensive line. And, and you know, Carson Wentz, what are you supposed to do? I mean, the health of Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz's future, keeping him healthy, is more important than a few million dollars in a, in a particular year, even if you're cash-strapped or whatever. So, ultimately, I feel like the Eagles are, are kind of up against it. And we don't know what Peters is demanding. We don't know what the Eagles are offering. But my guess is they find somewhere in the middle and they and they make it happen. That is what I guess will happen because I just don't see the Eagles. I just don't see the leverage. Like we said, whether yeah. or not we agree with Jason Peters, he has all the leverage in this situation. Like he's the last remaining healthy guy who's ever yeah. played the position on the team. And so, and you feel a lot more comfortable with him at tackle and, and prior guard. So, um, unless they can, and we'll talk about about Rife in a second, but unless they can go out and add someone who they can stick right in a left tackle and say, all right, Jason, screw you, playing guard. Um, I don't know what they could do, but if, just as an interesting thought experiment there, if they did go out and get somebody and put him in a tackle, what if that guy gets hurt? And then they like, what do you do then? So it's um, my guess is that ultimately they will, they will cave to a certain degree and give him money, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, so – from watching the Eagles practice on Sunday at the link, and you touched on it earlier, but the Eagles had like a scrimmage at the link. One of the more intense practices I've seen under the Doug Peterson air, not so much because of like, you know, hitting or anything, but they ran like 117 drills, which is pretty wild. Wow, I mean, there was a, a lot. lot of, yeah. So like they have absolutely got to invest money in the left tackle position. I don't know where that money's going to go, whether it's Jason Peters, you know, giving him what he wants, whether it's if Riley Reef is released by the Vikings, paying him what he wants, whether it's trading for somebody. Like, the bottom line is they cannot start Matt Pryor at left tackle. And unless, like, unless lightning strikes and he becomes amazing at the position, and who knows, maybe he could. Like, I, I trust Jeff Stoutland. Uh, Doug Peterson brought up the point, I believe it was Doug at least, that, you know, Vitae had a rough first game and he turned into a good player. So sure. who knows, right? Sure. Who knows? Anything is possible. But you could only go off what you're seeing. And the Eagles left tackle position is maybe one of the worst positions I've seen on the team in recent years. Wow. Like, yes, the receivers have been really bad, but they don't even have anybody like qualified to play the position of left tackle. I mean, Matt Pryor and, is... And, and to that point, let's be real, it is a way more important position than wide receiver. Yes. Like, way more important. And, 
And I think it's worth bringing up, and I don't mean this as a, an anti-Wentz take, but I think Carson Wentz's I love injury that you history, have to. I love that you have to say that before you say Wentz. I know, Wentz like, because I can just hear people already. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but let's be honest about it. Carson is a torn ACL away from his season, like his career being altered. If he gets a hit to the back that he's already like suffered a fracture in, that is another potentially career-altering move. And yes, any player could suffer a career-altering injury on any play. But when you've already suffered injuries in two places that are are known to like end careers, it's not like he's broken his hand multiple times, no, right? It's, like, it's a fair and point. and he's got and and he has a concussion, which you know is also very serious. So. You have got to protect Carson, like flat out. Above you already all, dodged the above all one. else. Above all else, it has to be the yes. most, the number one priority for this team right now. Yes, and so you have got to do something. Like I don't know why they moved Prior from right tackle to left tackle. I think they just did it because he was their top backup offensive lineman, and they were like, "Well, he's he's better than Milata, so we'll put him at left." That's not working out. Like I know he has two weeks to prepare, but. It's just not working out. And Jordan Mailata is probably also not going to work out at left tackle. <laughs> I think we and can again, safely say that. And again, Lane Johnson has now missed seven practices yeah. with a lower body injury. Yeah, so who knows good, what's going man. on at right tackle. This is not good. But it's not good. And so you have to invest money. I get that the cap situation is bad. I get all that. But, you know, like at least you have a year to figure out how to get out of the cap hole next offseason. You have $24 million right now. So – Spend some of it and do something it's because a, Elliot, it's a great point. It's a great you point. You can't go into the year. You can't go into the year with unless you get completely lucky. You can't go into the year with Matt Pryor as your left tackle or yeah. Jordan Mailata. So, yeah. so that's it. I mean, I guess Jack Driscoll. He's a rookie, fourth round pick. You could potentially put him out there, but like this is Carson Wentz and the thirty-seven million dollar year quarterback we're talking about. Like you have got to invest more money into the left tackle position. You just have to. All right. So Riley Rife. Uh, looks like he is telling teammates he expects to get cut. Who knows if that's a, uh, you know, they're still talking. It could be a leverage play and all that. But Riley Reif has played both left and right tackle. Uh, was a lion prior to the Vikings, I believe. Um, been with the Vikings for a little while. A very solid tackle. If he does get cut, it looks like it's mostly financial reasons with the Yannick trade. What do you think about Riley Reif as a realistic option? And following that up, what do you, ex- let, let's get prediction time. What do you expect to happen? Do you expect them to pay peers and move them back? Do you expect them to sign somebody else, Rife or someone else? How do you? What do you think about Rife? And then how do you see this situation playing out? So I, I like Rife for two reasons. One, I think he's like the perfect age to come in here. He's 31. So he's old enough where he has a ton of experience. But he's also old enough where like you're not trading for a 27-year-old where you're basically saying the Andre Dillard era is over. So he could come in for a year – you know, he played at a high level last year. He allowed 25 pressures and 430 uh, pass rushing snaps. And by comparison, Andre Dillard allowed 25 pressures and 180 pass rushing snaps. So he is an upgrade over Andre Dillard. The only concern, and the other part is he could potentially start for you in 2021. Like he's young enough where he could play, you know, three more years. Or if he's Jason Peters in seven years, he could be, you know, getting more money from the team to switch positions. Like who knows? But he's young enough where he could play another year. The only concern I have is his base salary for the Vikings this year is ten and a half million. He's not going to get that. But are the Eagles going to pay him like six million? Like I don't know. He might cost too much money to bring in here. So I would like the Riley Rife signing. I would be willing to pay him like any money people want to pay Devontae Freeman or Leonard Fournette. Take oh that money God. and put it towards oh Riley. Oh my Rife. God! It's yeah. so much more important. Like it's. Right. If the Eagles signed a running back, one of the guys we've talked about, and did nothing except try and move pieces around a tackle, 
it would be a disastrous decision. Yes. So I would say my prediction for week one, it's Matt Pryor. Wow, so you That's do not prediction. expect them to cave to Jason Pierce. This is fascinating. Talk this out a little bit. You do not expect I, them to, to, to give in. No, I don't. Wow. And I don't think Wait, I don't talk think to me. Jason is it a Peters precedent thing? You know, I don't I definitely don't think Peters is going to give in. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I think Peters I, I feel much stronger that Peters isn't giving in than the Eagles giving in. But what is it that makes you think the Eagles won't give in as well? Is it a precedent setting a precedent thing? Is it a it, what 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 makes you lean in that direction? Because I think if they were going to give in, they would have done it already. I don't think it would have reached this point. And I would just be surprised if they cave to Peters based off of Matt Pryor struggling in practice. Like, he was very bad, but it was one practice. And again, I don't think you can go into the season with him as left tackle. I do not expect that to work out. But I just think the Eagles have already made the decision they're comfortable with these young guys. And I could be wrong. I hope I am. But I I would be surprised if they restructured Peter's contract and took that public loss, especially when, you know, guys like Zach Ertz want a new deal yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. I do think it's a different situation. Like, you Peter's know, I, is always I his own situation for what it's worth. Yeah. But. And I, I get the precedent thing. But at the same time, like. How often precedent, is this going to happen? Oh, you want. But like if an agent calls up and says, well, you paid Jason Peters, like just be like, well, what do you want me to do, man? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like this is it's I think a the only worry with so. the precedent is the type of thing I talked about before with like Jalen Mills has to move back to corner and he says, well, you paid Peters yeah, to move back to not left. Jason Peters. I know he's not. I know he's not. I'm just saying you are set. If we're talking about setting a precedent, that is a precedent you are setting. You are saying, all right, if we have to move you to a position that costs more money to play. We have shown that even though it's a unique situation with Jason Peters, we have shown that we will do that, and that is a dangerous, slippery slope. Yeah. Well, look, I said I think it's going to be Matt Pryor, so I don't think they're going to give in, but I mean, what do you think? I mean, what's your prediction? <sighs> look, I think the fact that they've had Peters at guard the last two practices, that they basically kind of said, all right, well, play guard, man, um, I, yeah. I, I think makes me lean that way too. My, The way I could see them caving in is, is if we're – a week from now or less, you know, six days from now, and they have had another week of practice with Matt Pryor, ones that we might not see, but they're seeing, and they say, all right, this is legitimately untenable, like Carson Wentz will get killed, then I could see them saying, all right, we don't have a choice. What what can we do to get you closer to where we need you to be, Jason, and, and vice versa, and, and negotiate? But I'm with you. I think that they don't want to give in here. I think their preference is to not give in for a precedent setting for, like you said, I think the fact that, and again, it could be the other way, but my guess is the Eagles put this out there. And it could, I, I think the Eagles are saying, look, we're not going to cave to this. We, we are going to stand our ground. We're going to stand firm. I just think it also do creates such an uncomfortable situation, again, with like teammates and stuff, where if you're seeing Matt Pryor in practice just getting murdered, you know, and just unable to, to handle the position, and, you know, Jason Peters just hanging out at guard and playing guard and whatever, I mean, like, I don't know how those guys in that room, whether it's Stoutland, down to Lane, to Kelsey, how you don't look at Jason and be like, bro, like, really? You're just going to let this happen? You're just going to let this season get submarine because, you know, you, you're you not okay with, with moving back there? I, I You know, it just, I just feel like it's... I don't know, man. Like, I, know. I see that point. No, but it's <laughs> but Jason part of Peters. me is like, let me think of how little Jason Peters cares. Well, that's a great point. About, it's a great point. You know, and like, and, and how little these guys, like, like at the end of the day, I, I get the, I do get the whole you know, come on, man, you're getting Carson killed out there. Like Matt Pryor struggling. I get all that. Right. And I think those are good points by Richie, but on the flip side, this is also Jason Peters. We're talking about these guys 
I mean, like Lane Johnson yeah, carried no, his jersey out on the right, field of the man. Super Bowl. So like, right. so I, I don't know if they're going to be sitting here. And also, for what it's worth, they might have also been mad at the team for moving on from Jason Peters for Andre In Dillard, right? Place. Like sure. that's also possible. Yep. So I, I really don't think J- Jason Peters refusing to move is going to impact the locker room negatively. I I don't. Well, hopefully it doesn't. I, it certainly impact the fan base negatively and. As you can tell, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy about it. But yeah, you're very <laughs> in upset case you couldn't it. tell. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll obviously cover this, see how it plays out, see what they decide to do. But for now, on the record, Elliot and I both don't think the Eagles are in a cave. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Keep an eye on Riley Reef. And look, there are cuts coming. Maybe there's a veteran lineman you can get. I mean, no matter what, it's not ideal, Elliot. Um, yeah, still, still costing money though. It's not good. I mean, you know, no, no matter what, this is right. not good. Yeah. All right. No, it's it's very bad. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's bad. very bad. Speaking of very bad, not the only very bad news we get to talk about today, because at practice yesterday, as if yesterday wasn't crappy enough with the Flyers losing, the Phillies, you know, made a run but they lose. You know, of course, Jalen Rager, the one thing that our new shiny toy that we get all excited about and say, oh my god, it. I, he's actually going to be good. He looks great. This is so exciting. Right. Shoulder injury. Yep. So how bad is it? Uh, they're saying a slight tear. What have you heard? <coughs> what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on Rager? So two to four weeks, small tear in his shoulder. Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. They don't think he needs surgery. I have always just, my official stance on the medical team has always been, I just trust them because they're smarter <laughs> yeah, than me and I, I think know. they have the best intentions. Like, And I'm in the minority on that. If they don't think he needs surgery, he doesn't need surgery. I would just say, to me, this has bad news written all over yeah. it. Like, it's your shoulder, right? I mean, yeah. he has to extend and raise his arms all the time. Like, he gets hit in the shoulder. Totally. He braces for contact with the shoulder. It helps you hold the ball tighter. I mean, you know, I mean, look, it's your shoulder. It's like your arm. It's an incredibly important part of playing anything, right? So I, I don't know. I'm, I I think this is bad news written all over it. I think this is like he maybe comes back in two to four weeks or in two weeks we're hearing he's going to get surgery um, or he comes back in two to four weeks and like he's hurt. He injures you know? it like, or I, isn't the same player or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, so it I, seemed when, when we heard about, you know, when we talked about the injury this morning with Richie, it seemed like, Richie was up, and again, Richie, you know, a lot more experience with injuries and, and stuff like this with football. He was like, he's going to have to get surgery someday, like whether it's right yeah. now or in the offseason, like this is not something that will heal itself. Um, so one of those things that no matter what, he's going to be playing hampered. Um, and like you said, just the amount of shots they take, the amount of extension in the arm, like it's a real bummer, man. And I'm, I I think it it really sucks. And again, like, you weren't counting on Jalen Rager to to carry your team this year, but I think it does suck a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, that was one of the the bright spots. That was one of the things that we were like, okay, maybe Jalen Rager is going to contribute more than we thought. Um, it just feels like it, it kind of is starting to feel like this team's a little snake bit. And I know there are probably injuries going on around the league. And we're, I always say this, that we're so locked in on the Eagles and every day and we cover yeah. them and stuff that we – sometimes are are a little myopic in the way we look at it and don't realize that a lot of similar things are happening with other teams around the league and all that. But man, it, it, you know, the Brooks from the Brooks injury on, it just, it feels like things are not breaking the right way for this team. No pun intended. Well, and the weird thing is, you know, like the last two years when they've suffered a lot of injuries, you could kind of sit and say, well, they're, they're an older team. I mean, they were the older, oldest team in the league, I think, last year, and they've been one of the older teams in the league the past two years. So that kind of made some sense. Like, yeah, you sign old players, they're going to get hurt. 
But Andre Dillard, you know, second year in the league. Yep. Uh, Jalen Reger hasn't even played in a game yet. So I don't blame the medical staff. Like, I saw the play. I mean, you well, know, Jalen Hurts threw it. Well, going for a tackle it. in practice. Like, what are you doing, Jalen? Like, I know it's a football play and you're I, – I get it. You know, you're not thinking your instinct and stuff. But, like, you don't need to be making a tackle in a scrimmage like that, Jalen. Just just let it go. Well, hold on, hold on. So so it's a, Avante Maddox is who got him hurt. Just right. Avante Maddox took, had the pick, right? But I thought Jalen Reger tried to tackle him. No, so from my understanding of how he got hurt, or at least what I saw was he, so the ball was thrown, it was like an eight yard out to uh, Jalen, uh, I'm going to get their mix, some, get their names mixed up now, to Jalen Reger along the sideline. Avante Maddox jumps in, like puts his arm in front of Reger to, uh, to knock the ball away. Will Parks uh, intercepts it. So I guess maybe, but he maybe that's when. But I didn't notice any like attempt to tackle him on that play. So maybe that's when it happened. But I my my thought was what happened was when Avante Maddox reached over. That's when he got hurt. It's but possible. Regardless, he got hurt. But um, I think what what also really sucks about this is, you know, hopefully he's playing in week three and he plays week three through you know however far they go. Hopefully we're covering the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, right? So. But the, the biggest part about it to me is you wanted him to get snaps this year, yep. like to develop for 2021. So kind of in the same way that Andre Dillard getting hurt. Now, we don't think Andre Dillard's any good, so people don't stress about it as much. But Jalen Reger is someone that has looked really good, looked like he could be an impact player. But with any rookie, like when Carson got snaps in 2016, it made him a better player in 2017. If Jalen Reger doesn't play a lot of snaps this year or struggles because he's injured, that does have you know, impact on how long until he is a player that can contribute. So that, that is definitely one downside to it for sure. Yeah, but it, let me I mean, ask, it could submarine his whole rookie season for all intents and purposes. Like theoretically, yeah. it's the kind of thing where he's just never the same all year long, you know? Yeah. So, but I do think the positive is the other rookies have, have played well. And now that training camp is over and I'll no longer be charting stats, I have two stats on the rookie receivers I think you'll really like. Ooh, I love it. Lay it right. on me. I was going to have you guess them, but it's just too hard to come up with a question. Oh. All right. The Eagles rookie receivers. So John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, and I included Manessa Bailey. He's an undrafted rookie, but he didn't really contribute much to these stats. So those four rookies have 51 catches and 15 touchdowns in the nine training camp practices I charted. 51 catches and 15. That is, that's great. That's really good, yeah, right? I feel like that's, very, that's legitimately that's impressive numbers. Yes. Now, now, context matters here, how many opportunities and all that type of stuff, but it sounds really good. All right, my next one. So last year in training camp, I charted 473 throws to like receivers, tight ends, running backs, right? The Eagles receivers last year, or skill position players, dropped 15 of those throws. So 3.1% 3, of the targets. This year, James, I charted 422 throws to receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Do you want to guess what percentage of throws they dropped this Ooh, year? Ooh, and so what was the percent uh, for last year? Last year, it was 3.1%. Hmm. I'm guessing lower. Uh, I'll say 1.5%. Oh, you're so fucking good at this. It's 1.4%. I need to go I'm done with trying thing. to, like, shock you on this, but... That's crazy, right? That's, I that's mean, really, it's, ve it's very impressive. It's very impressive. 422 throws, only six drops. So that's really impressive. I, 
yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good, a good sign of how they played. Uh, I can tell you who had the drops right now, actually. Um, two drops by Quez Watkins, a drop by Greg Ward, a drop by Arcega Whiteside, a drop by Travis Fulgham. So maybe don't even include that one because he won't be on the team. And then a drop by Corey Clement. So no drops from Hightower, none from Burnett, none from Deshaun, none from Ertz, none from Goddard. So an impressive showing for sure from the receiver. So again, I, I don't think Rager losing him sucks but it's not like a blow to the team. I think other people do. I think it's more the long-term stuff and all that, but I, I, I think their receivers will still be pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm still somewhat bullish. And look, I mean, I'm shocked you've not taken this as an opportunity to say, Deontay Burnett, baby! Well, I mean, he's a lock now. He's officially <laughs> my new Jordan Matthews. Good, like, good. Well, I'm excited to see what he could do. And look, he's going to get an opportunity now. Uh, that's the thing is, Rager, it's not just... It's both the the future and, and getting reps. You want him to, to be healthy this year and be able to contribute and all that, but also just, you know, the, the fact that he was going to be a starter. <laughs> he was going to be a, a part yeah. of this team. So um, they're going to have to make that up somewhere. You know, you hope that Deontay Burnett and uh, whether it's John Hightower probably first, but him and Quez Watkins get an opportunity and someone can kind of grab it and run with it. And then Rager can come back and be healthy, but it is it was just a bummer. You know, it was one of those injuries where, you know, we don't have a lot of young guys who we can get excited about these days, and and it felt like, especially as someone who was not excited about Rager in the first place, who wanted them to take Justin Jefferson, all that type of stuff, that you know, to, to hear all this good stuff about Rager and hear you know unanimous approval from from everyone down there at how good he looks and how exciting this could be and all that, it's just like a real kick in the junk to, to start the season yeah. off this way. It just is, but. Um, you know, we hope uh, Deontay Burnett gets a chance, and and I like John Hightower, I really do. I think there's a lot of upside there, but um, it's certainly not a not a positive. All right. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, please tell me that that there Carson Wentz didn't practice yesterday. Please tell me that I don't need to be worried about Wentz too. Please, please. So please, I'm please. sitting in the stands at the lake. Please, sitting Elliot, in the stands please, at the lake. <laughs> please. I know. I feel bad because you're tired and angry. But like, <laughs> I, like I said, I don't know if you can handle the truth. Like, oh, this is my honest take on the Carson Wentz thing. I think that if it was really minor, like he would have just, it would have just been a maintenance day. Oh, God. I think the fact that like it's out there that he has a lower body injury speaks to the like. I mean, remember this is the team where he had a broken back or at least you know yeah. some version of a back injury for weeks in 2019 or 18. And, like, they are sensitive to when Carson's hurt. And I understand it, right? But, like, they are. So I I think he's going to play in week one. But this is definitely something I would, like, monitor. Like, I'll be out of practice on Tuesday, and I would be surprised if he practiced. Um, and I won't be able to watch all of practice, but we'll see if he's out there. I think he plays week one. But I think anytime an athlete is dealing with a lower body soft tissue injury – that is something to be concerned about uh, moving forward, especially because he'll be running for his life this year. Uh, yeah, uh, we need him to be mobile. <laughs> that's for sure. Not yeah. great, Elliot. Look, yeah, I think especially this weird, unique offseason and, and no preseason games and all that, I think the soft tissue stuff is something we're going to see a lot of. And I think I'm hoping that the Eagles have shown that they're they're being pretty conservative with injuries and, and getting guys back into practice. I'm hoping it's more of that and less of you know the potential that it's a – you know, not not serious injury because, like you said, you expect him out there week one. But something that could hamper his ability to be as effective as we need him to be is concerning. Um, I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's an abundance of caution. But but what you said makes a lot of sense. It is it's nerve wracking. You know, he's I can't yeah. I can't handle it, Elliot. I can't. Well, I can't do this. I can't do it. At Carson Wentz injury right now. I just I can't. I can't so, handle it. 
neither of these guys are going to take the job from Carson, obviously. But we could talk about Nate and Jalen really quick because I did. So actually, I guess who really cares about Nate Sudfeld? Yeah, at this point? I, I was but, like, what is it? Yeah. Jalen Hurts, talk to me. Okay, so Jalen Hurts on Sunday was the best chance so far to really see him as a player. He attempted 52 passes, which wow. is, it's a lot I, of passes. I mean, it might be honestly as much as he's attempted in camp combined. Like he just hasn't been throwing it a lot. I, I thought that Jalen, like it was the perfect example of what he is right now. He's a playmaker. Like he had a 99 yard touchdown throughout the back of the end zone. That was a perfect throw in pressure, like up against the goal line. Perfect throw. He ran for a touchdown. He had another touchdown to Jalen Rager. Like, the guy makes plays. But what you also saw from was he does look small in the pocket. He does not look as comfortable in the pocket as I initially thought early on in training camp. I think now just because the reps are more live. Um, so that was a bit of a concern for me. I could see why they felt Nate gives him a better chance to win. Nate is good at just sitting back and, like, almost Nick Folesian and the way he just kind of like, you know, Nick just puts Folesian. it. Where, yeah. Yeah. Actually, maybe that's not a reference I should use. I don't want people to get in their uh, emotional bag about that, well, you but know like people I, do, my he's friend. more of that type of player. Jalen hurts to me. looks like someone, if they put him in against, if, you know, God forbid the first snap of the season, Carson Wentz resuffers his soft tissue injury and can't play. Like I could see Jalen hurts coming in and like, totaling four touchdowns but turning the ball over twice whereas i think nate would come in throw for two touchdowns and not turn the ball over like jalen looks more prepared to make a defense pay whereas I, nate sudfeld i think you could win if other parts of the team played really well so that's kind of like my take on those two after okay. seeing them okay so so considering the other parts of the team i think hurts probably <laughs> has more yeah, chance if he gets in well, than sudfeld you know you want He's neither. definitely more prepared to run around. Yeah, so. which is what we're gonna need. All right, um, quickly, I want to I want to get to Lori. And we got uh, your review coming up and some re reviews. So your review and reviews. Um, but yes. quickly on Yannick, I, we don't need to dive too much into it. The Eagles didn't trade for him, but what are your just thoughts on the fact that he got traded and that it wasn't to the Eagles? Well, second round pick with a, with a conditional fifth, which could be a third. Obviously, not as much as we kind of thought. Um, I, I said once he became on the franchise tag, I, I thought the chance were basically done just because of what it what it would have cost. I mean, I know last time we talked about it, you had it up to 30 percent with Jim Schwartz and Michael Lombardi being friends. But like realistically, <laughs> I, I didn't actually think it was going to happen. So look, a second round pick in a conditional fifth is not a lot for a guy that I think is one of the best pass rushers in the league. So, you know, this offseason is the first time since covering the Eagles where I can remember like them being unable to make moves because of money. It's 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 Yannick, crazy. it's DeAndre Hopkins, it's crazy. It's Stephon Diggs, like all these guys. So and then Yannick it, took a yeah. pay cut too. He wanted to get out of Jacksonville right. so bad he took a pay cut. Like oh, yeah. look, I get and it. You can't tell me he would have rather taken less to live in Philly. There's than Minnesota. exactly. There's no way. Yeah. I, I'm I'm bummed about this one. Uh, I, I think that, you know, and I get it. I understand where they are organizationally, but this is a guy you go get and you pay for, especially when he's willing to take a pay cut, especially when you're not giving up a first-round pick to do it. I think Howie dropped the ball here. I really do. I think Howie dropped the ball yeah. here. And, you know, there's not much more to say about it. I think we all know where we both stand on this. We both would have made the move for him. And I'm not surprised they didn't, but I think it was the wrong decision. That's It's pretty simple to me. Yeah, I agree. Especially Again, the we talked about the position, the need moving forward. It's just that type of guy doesn't become available for a second and a 
potential third, but more likely a fourth or a fifth, and taking a pay cut and still an extra year now of team control. Like the Vikings could franchise him next year if they wanted to. Like that's the craziest part. Um, I, I just, I, I think they blew this one. And, you know, anything's possible, but I would say the chances of the Eagles signing him in free agency next year are probably almost yeah, slim to Yeah, I none. think like more likely than not he'll end up staying in Minnesota and they'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, or if for whatever reason he becomes a free agent, he's certainly not going to take less money to go some, you know, like unless he really hates it in Minnesota, who knows. But, um, yeah, I, again, the cap situation is a rough one. It should prevent you from doing things like signing Leonard, Leonard Fournette and Delonte Freeman. I agree with you, though, when it comes to Yannick, like, I don't know. Part of me is like, just get them now and figure it out later. Exactly. It's kind of, exactly. you know, yes. but maybe that's why we both need our significant others to manage our money. You know? so. <laughs> it's a good point. Eh? Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the reviews and more importantly, your review, uh, Jeffrey Lori finally spoke. Um, you know, we usually only hear from Lori maybe twice a year, most usually just once a year at this time these days. Um, I thought really powerful words and took the opportunity speaking to the media to talk about important things. What were your takeaways from what Lori had to say? So last pod, we kind of led talking about a lot of what Jeffrey Lori talked about, not the COVID part, but the, you know, social justice, uh, all, all that type of stuff. Um, we had a lot of people reach out and we really, I really super appreciate people that did that, you know, said we were happy we talked about it. I would say the best way to describe what Lori said was if you're one of those people that reached out, you should be very proud of how Jeffrey Laurie handled that. Or if you're just someone that listened and that, you know, agrees with what we said on the last pod, I think Jeffrey Laurie, uh, he made Eagles fans really proud was kind of my takeaway. It was clear that he came into that podcast, <laughs> that podcast. He came into that. <laughs> he's more than welcome to come on. the podcast. Yeah, Je Jeffrey, clear Jeffrey, officially yeah. you're invited on the go yeah. birds podcast. We will take you. Maybe now that he hears a theme song, he will. Yeah, you know, he well, seems like he's into it. That um, seems like this right. kind of music for sure. So I thought he went into the presser with a goal um, of getting how he felt about everything going on. He was very clear. I mean, he said that, you know, the systemic racism is a, a pandemic just as much as COVID is, right? Like, um, and I, I'm almost hesitant to quote what he's like to try to paraphrase what he said because it's such a sensitive type issue. But it was just like, you know, he he is disgusted how COVID has been handled. He wouldn't say the president's name outright. And but he made it very know, clear I, what he was thinking. Yeah. I you know, I mean, he's opening the link so people can vote, like which is, read into that what which you want. Is, and which he, is a big deal, man. Like that is. Yeah, that is. It's awesome. That is that is. Re and, and shout out the last time we talked, this did not happen yet. But the NBA players boycott led to. The NBA arenas being used for pulling places yeah. like that is that's what we're talking about, where it's like every little step matters and something that might not seem as impactful in the moment really can be. I mean, that is real change, like real change that will have mm -hmm. a, a profound effect, potentially could have a profound effect on this country and the way we operate. And that's because those guys didn't play that night. And that's because those guys said, we're not playing until we get something done. And I, I just, yeah. and Lori doing this is another example of, of actual change coming out of these moments of these things. And that is super important. And I, like, I'm, I've always been proud of Jeffrey Lori as my owner. I think he's a great owner of a sports team, but I'm very proud of him as my owner on a personal level too now. And it took guts to say that stuff. Like you don't hear these billionaires say that stuff very often. You just don't, you don't, these no. guys don't come out and say things that bluntly that straightforward, Jeffrey Lurie put his money where his mouth was. He said exactly what he felt, exactly what he believed, and I, I applaud that dude. I applaud Jeffrey. And th th 
this quote really stood out to me. Um, he was talking about the, you know, the fact that we've tragically had, a, you know, 180,000 people die from COVID. And by the time you're listening to this, who knows what it could be at, right? Um, he said, those are needless deaths, needless. We should, be, we should be similar to most countries on this planet. And yet we're an embarrassment and a tragic embarrassment. That's where we stand. So, <laughs> And he's not wrong. He, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He completely laid it out. Um, I guess I'll just cap it up by saying... You know, I don't think Jeffrey Lurie is voting for uh, Donald Trump. No, I think we can. Uh, I think we can. That would, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's who he's going to vote for. Um, so yeah, I guess that's you know that's really all I can summarize. If you haven't watched it, I would highly recommend the Eagles post all their videos on social media and on their website. I would go back and watch it. It was 50 minutes. Uh, he it was he spoke about a lot of things. I thought at a very uh, like I said, I'll, I'll say it again, at a level that I think he will make Eagles fans proud. I so proud. I would I would go back and watch it if you have not. Yeah, I think it's worth the watch. I was very proud to have that guy as my owner. And again, I think it took some serious um, chutzpah to come out and, and yeah. say what he believed the way he did and to not beat around the bush, to not mince words. I was just, I was very impressed with Jeffrey Lurie. Whether, look, you know how we feel. We've talked about this on this pod and stuff like that. But whether you agree or not, like, that was a man who didn't have to get up and say the things he said, and he did. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I respect it. I really do. Um, all yeah. right, E. First of all, let me just say thank you. Thank you so yeah. much to all the awesome listeners of this pod. We asked for reviews. We've got 36 reviews since the last time we talked. Elliot, these, it's like, insane. It's, it's so, you, I wish I could take you inside the text messages between me and Elliot and how excited we get and how much it matters to us that you guys have taken the time to do it. So um, thank you. Rate and review the pod. It really does help us out. Um, we want to, let me quickly say thank you for the nice reviews and then we'll get to some questions people ask, but BGB Chad, Rich Bobby, Aban, Philly Fan 1021, Kedges 80, K K E J S 80. Some of these are going to be tough, so I'm happy to be GZ 6422, Miguel 92NB, Grimy VA, Maddie BBB 21, Billy Westcott, Brando Bob 19, Frightmare 21, Kyle Houlihan, Wooblar, Wooblar, WLAB Bar. Kevin DeFranco, John Luke Goudard, Gouldard, I believe, uh, Go Birds 24, exclamation point, Hedgehops, Hitcher, and Mastic Killa Dezilla. Uh, you there you are, go. You are all awesome, and we appreciate you all and really appreciate it. They left nice reviews, but Elliot, we also got some reviews with some questions. Um, of course, we will get to your review in a review question as well, but uh, quickly, let's go through some of these and just say, say thank you. Uh, we appreciate the time. Um, weapon triple X 20 said, hashtag Cowboys suck a, a man after my own heart. I mean, so yes, Dallas sucks. <laughs> Cowboys suck. I, they, it's all so true. So I put, you know, I put the rundown together cause, uh, you know, James didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Yes. So no. uh, I was, you know, I had a section with just the questions, but I put that there cause I wanted you to specifically see it. And cause I, I knew it would. I appreciate yeah. it. Cause there you go. Yes. Well said. All right. Uh, let's get some of the others. E. All right, so Indiana Eagle, uh, who has actually, I think, commented a few times, he had a question about finding a left tackle on waivers. I think, you know, we talked about that with, uh, with Riley, you know, Riley. The, yep. the guy. Yeah, so I think that's somebody they should target. Again, if you claim somebody off waivers, uh, waivers, like, you know, you have to pay that guy too. So it really comes down to are you going to invest money in Peters or the new guy? I think it's more likely if they, saw, if they claim somebody on waivers, like if it's not that guy and it's not this type of thing where he's cut because of his contract as opposed to just being an outright release, I don't think that's the answer. So I think you have to invest real money in the position. 
yeah, I I concur, and that's kind of where we were at as well. Uh, how about this? Is this a, we got a minor leaguer giving us your apparently? Leader? Is that what happened? What happened here? Well, it's got all right. So K Huck nineteen says he's a minor league pitcher with the Blue Jays. Shout out. So first of all, shout out to listening. It's that pretty cool to think super about him. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what he did say that wasn't too cool was that uh, he thinks I could maybe get a single if I was lucky. I wrote is, that down. His terminology said, way, was actually a little, yeah. It, it, his his actual phrasing I think was a little less optimistic of what I could accomplish. It's like if you were his, really, really, it, really lucky. Yeah. Well, you know what? I still believe in myself. So thank you for listening. You know, but I still believe in myself. We know. We know. All right, uh, Lakers-Eagles has one that's right up your alley. Should the Eagles have cut Deshaun or Alshon at the draft? You've been saying this for a while. I would have cut him at the end of the season. I know. And it is really nothing to do with them as players. Uh, it is just because I want to go with the young guys. I want Quez Watkins to get all the snaps. I want Reger. I, I want John Hightower. I want all these guys to play. I want Deontay Burnett. I want J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward. Like That's who I want getting snaps. Now, Obviously, you see the injury to Rager. You see the fact that Quez has been day-to-day. Like, I get why having these veterans matter, but I'm not going to be happy if, like, come mid-October, these receivers are playing well, and you see Alshon, like, step into the starting lineup. Nope. Like, I, I, we will have, a needless to say, an entire pot on that if that happens. I want Carson to play with the young guys. So I would have cut them at the draft, yes. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have been as bold, but I am – I want the young guys to play, I would have been all right with that. I would cut Alshon. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense money-wise, but I don't – I've said this to you before. Like, I don't care if Alshon comes back and ever plays with the Eagles again. I would have kept Deshaun just because you have no, you know, quality NFL receivers other than Greg Ward. So I'm fine with them keeping Deshaun, but I, I like the idea of what you're saying. I do want them to go young and, and have him grow. Um, all right, Shane B118 wants to know any info on Raekwon Williams, defensive tackle from Michigan State. You got anything on Raekwon? Uh, so Shane, you, he's also DM'd to me about this. I've tried to watch Raekwon in practice. I think he looks good. It's just so hard to tell at times with the defensive tackles when you're far away. Like, I don't know what their assignment is on a specific play. He looks athletic to me. Um, I think he's got a pretty good shot at the practice squad, especially considering, you know, their starting defensive tackles are, are kind of up there. I think they would hold on to him to develop. And I know that they've looked at defensive tackles in the draft, but in terms of like specific plays, I'm sorry, I don't have anything on him. So I apologize for that. But I have tried. Um, hey, you tried. I, will, I appreciate yeah, that. I, I, I tried, man. All right, next one, Chatter of the Lamb. Yeah, this one would have been like slightly more. It's a great name. Would have been slightly more relevant if Jalen Rager had not gotten hurt. But still, we'll answer the question. Yes. Elliot, were you worried about his uh, drops and punts? Punt return. Yes, he was doing it a lot. He was a starting punt returner. He was a starting kick returner. I saw him drop at least four punts, I think, in the practices I was at. So I was concerned about it. Um, you know, now I don't think he'll be out there even when he comes back. So I don't think you're going to risk further injury to him. But uh, I, I thought it was concerning. All right. So I'll take this next one. Um, Jacob from Illinois. Jacob, you say you DM'd me on February 2nd, but I went back and looked and I did not see it. Uh -uh. So if you, yeah, I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm just saying I don't see it. So DM me again and I will answer. Uh, Pretty much called you a liar. Let me take the next one. It's Roman Martin. He says, could ESP fill in at left tackle? Absolutely not. What a ridiculous thought. Of course not. We can move on. Agreed. All right. Matt. <laughs> there we go. I'm happy you agree with that one. Then again, could I do worse than Matt Pryor? I mean, I don't know. Pryor, yes. you know. So, yes. all right. You could. <laughs> Maddie Ice in Jenkintown. Oh, Has Matt Ryan weighing in. Hey, Matt. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. There you go. 
Um, has the change of having a traditional offensive coordinator to now a passing game and running game coordinator made any notable impact on the offense? Does the offense look different in any way? Well, Elliot, the does short, it? The short answer would be no. I think you've seen maybe Carson like roll out a little more, but I think that's more because I'm looking for it as opposed to it being a natural change. Um, but I also don't think they would really show us. I think that you know with week one, two weeks away, they're not going to really show us their their new and improved offense. And I don't think you're going to really see one, honestly. Doug's going to run his offense. So no, I, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact outside of Carson moving out of the pocket a little more. And frankly, because of the offensive line, he might have had to do that anyway. So that I, I think that would uh, – so far in camp, though, I have not seen it. All right, Merck underscore 19, a great question. In your opinion, what's the best food to eat on game day? The correct answer is wings. That is the absolute correct answer. I'm all for some pizza, too. I'll eat a cheesesteak. I'm good with lots of food on game days. But as far as I'm concerned, Buffalo wings, by far the go-to game day food. So for me, I don't... I wouldn't do wings. It depends if I'm at home. Like if I'm at home maybe, but I don't like being at someone house, someone else's house and my fingers be all sticky. Like I'm just out on that. Sure. So, okay. Uh, I guess so I, can, I, I would can see say, the rationale in that. I would say a chicken salad sandwich. <sighs> Elliot, are you serious right now? That'd be mine. Like from oh! Wawa, nice bag of chips. Yeah. What? Oh my God. That'd be mine. All right. Someone give us a review making fun of Elliot. For saying a chicken salad sandwich is his go-to game. Oh, I do love chicken salad oh, sandwiches. Oh, my God. That is like... <sighs> Elliot. <laughs> Not happy with that uh, one. No! What a ridiculous answer for game day food. All right, let's well, move on. What I would want. If, yes. if you know, if we watch an Eagles game together this year, if you're in the press box... I'll make sure I have a nice house, chicken, like, s- chicken salad sandwich yeah. waiting for you. Tell the, tell the queen to get that, uh, <laughs> get that chicken salad ready. Okay. Uh, Quigs 50... You're damn right we can give a shout-out to your four-month-old kid, Lincoln. Lincoln, what up, buddy? Be an Eagles fan. Your father's trying to groom you to be an Eagles fan. That's what he tells us. Join the club, buddy. Lincoln, to me, is a name that just guarantees you're going to have success in life. It's a strong name. Like, there's very few Lincolns, and, you know, maybe I'm not thinking of some, but where, like, you're like, oh, he's just, you know, whatever. Like, I like this This guy's going to be a powerful person. So we should definitely get in on him. Lincoln, be an Eagles fan, and also listen to the podcast. Yeah, and Lincoln. Help Lincoln. out later in Lincoln. Life you're powerful. I know you're only four months, and now that I have a kid, I know that you are not speaking yet. But save this, Lincoln's father, Quiggs, save this for, you know, let's say like 10 months down the road. Lincoln, repeat after me. Go... Birds. Okay, we're good. Uh, all right. Baltharis Rex. Uh, Rex. Elliot, uh, read this one for us. He left. Yeah. Well, so he left a really long review. Uh, he said he's been listening to the pod for a long time, and he took a lot of time to write the review. I just want to give him a shout out and say that we did read it because at the end he said, "If you're still reading it, I'd be impressed." So we did wow, read the whole review. Look at this. Yeah. Nice. All well, right. Next. Well, we one, appreciate we got you LTV. taking the time. Yeah, we always take the time. Ne- next one from the LTV. I was LT- thanking uh, him someone- for taking the time to write it, but sure, it's about you, Elliot. Well, you know, <laughs> it always is. All right, this next guy is Hunter of the LBB. So I guess he's L-T-B-B. not in the LBB. No, it's LTBB, I think, right? No? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, James. Which is more likely, Jason Peters starts 16 games or Jack Driscoll, the rookie from Auburn, starts at some point this year? Also... What sauce is the best to dip your pizza in? That's obviously blue cheese, so we can just move on from well, that it's, one. It's, but, except it's ranch, but sure. sure. 
Yeah, maybe maybe Lincoln and you know you two children can go eat ranch. But I Ranches I uh, I am a like, blue cheese man. Uh, I look I look I won't kick blue cheese out of bed when I'm eating my pizza. Don't get me wrong, but ranch is the correct answer. So let's just nah. let's well just when I was a right. child yes, but now that I'm an adult I enjoy blue cheese. <laughs> Says the guy who eats chicken salad sandwiches on game day. Yeah. Um, I think it is more likely that Jack Driscoll starts at some point this year. I agree. Yeah. I think they're that's like their low key op, like especially if things go sore, go go south. I think they'll put him in there. Well, especially because um, I just think it is so, so, so unbelievably unlikely that Jason Peters starts sixteen games. Agreed. That's honestly, yeah, it's more that than the Driscoll thing. It's just I don't see it. All right, yeah, let's get to true. the one we've all been waiting for. Our our buddy Justin in Tennessee. Shout out to Justin. Uh, what's up, fellers? He would say if he were here now. Um, Justin made a deal with you. He watched yes. two hours worth of Real Housewives of New York. He sent us videos and everything. He really watched it. And he was able to pick a movie that you had not seen for you to watch. And he chose the classic, 1992 or three classic, I believe. A Few Good Men, a- an all-time entertaining movie as far as I'm concerned. Elliot, I'm assuming that your your lead into the pot earlier that, that you actually did watch it. What were your yes. thoughts? I thought it was okay. It was not as no. good as some of the other records. Okay. No. I thought it was okay. It was fine. Like oh. I was just expecting more plot turns and twists and like I it wasn't I mean, I don't want to ruin it for people, but like the ending was just it was fine. And you know, I, I thought that first of all, I didn't know that line was from there, so that was probably the most exciting part. Um <laughs> the baseball stuff I guess was cool, like with the bat, but I, I just thought it was okay. It didn't. It didn't like catch my attention the way I was hoping. Oh, so, I can't believe yeah. this, Elliot. And I'm being honest because I I, I you have told I you in the past. You've been that, very like, honest. Yeah, you I love Shawshank. Like, I'm so I'm shocked. I think A Few Good Men is such an entertaining, rewatchable movie. It flies by. It's super entertaining. Like, I'm I'm surprised. So also, unless I missed it, which is possible, because I'll be honest, I was a little bored at times and I was playing oh, on my phone. No. But like, well, there you go. I mean, come on. All right, Tom Cruise and Demi Moore didn't hook up. Am I wrong about that? They did not hook up. All right, like, what's that about? That seems like that's a got-to-go-to thing to colleagues, Elliot. This movie's not about some tarred affair. It's a it's a court movie. I mean, come on, right. Elliot. Well, she asked them on the date. I thought that was, like, the beginning of it. So, I don't know. I just, it was, like, okay. There was moments where I thought it was going to get really good, and then it just didn't. Um, I guess the ending was the best part. Obviously, you know, him and Jack Nicholson. And star-studded cast, by the way. Like, yes. Kiefer Sutherland, apparently, yeah, is in it. He Kevin looked way Bacon, younger. Kevin Bacon, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's classic. Bunch of different people. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, you just said Kevin Bacon. So, just lots of people. <laughs> Kevin Pollock. You've been Kevin Pollock fan? You have no idea. I don't even know who that is. He yeah. was the, so, but, his number I, two. He was like his, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but like Tom Cruise is number two. Okay. But yeah, so it was good. So anyway, I completed the bet. I took time. I actually did it on Friday afternoon because I thought we were going to be on the air Saturday, which we ended up unfortunately not being. But I did watch it. I'm happy I did now that I've said I've seen it. I can know where the, that line is from, but I don't think I'll be watching it again. All right. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I expected you to like it more, but hey, I can't make you like what you don't like, I guess. I just, there you go. I expected more. I will say, you know, keep the phone away when you're watching movies. There's no need to be on the phone when you're watching a great movie. Like there's. Well, I don't, I don't really, unless I'm bored. Oh, what a disappointment. So. All right. So whoever's going to step up to the plate next, let us know. We can get Elliot to watch another movie. Maybe he will like it more. 
than a few good men. Again, slightly disappointed, but I'll, I'll let it go. Um, all right, E, any final thoughts? No, just honestly, like you said, thank you guys so much for leaving the reviews. It really is. It does mean a lot to us. So if you have a question you want to ask us, maybe a movie suggestion, anything, as you can see, we read all of them. So go leave a review on the Apple podcast. And then thanks again to longtime friend time for writing the song, for getting it at the top. Obviously, we're going to end the pod with it as well. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to it again. It's just uh, it's just very I'm very happy we have it. Oh, see, I didn't know we were going to you want to go beginning and end. That's a weird move. Oh, yeah. I, you know we don't well, normally do that. We normally have a different song at the beginning and the end. You know that, right? I did. Ah, no. You did not know that. Elliot doesn't listen through to the end. I, I caught you here. Um, <laughs> so you want to use it? We'll use it at the end this time, but I think moving forward we use it as the open and then we have a, an outro that's like kind of just, you know, to fade out. A little more calm. That's fair. That's fair. But, but let's play it one more time. This since is it, show. We'll play it again. Go bird song coming your way. Uh, we will be back later this week, multiple pods, and we will be on the air on Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. So rate and review the podcast. As you could tell, we just spent a bunch of time talking about it. It really does mean a lot to us, and we really appreciate it. And it helps people find the podcast. So uh, until later in the week, he's Elliot and I'm James. We'll see you guys later.